Welcome back to another hot one on the Off the Top podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in again. This is Jordan, and obviously we have the co-host. What's up? It's Julian. And today we are having a very special co-co-host with us today, a guest, and her name is Delilah. Hi, everybody. So Delilah is here to talk to us and inform everybody who's listening about the importance and just kind of the overall skills of, you know, putting up together a resume and the actual hiring side, because that's one of her expertise in her profession. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So a lot of people, when they think about hiring, they think of HR, human resources, that sort of thing. Uh, In my workplace, our company is pretty big. So we've specialized uh, our department's what people would call human resources. We have our own hiring department. It's called talent acquisition. So we have uh, teams of recruiters that are dedicated, um, you know, to finding the staff and quality candidates and managing applicants um, through an applicant tracking system. And then we have a team on the back end who does uh, like the updates and the like back end of the hiring. So background check, drug screening, onboarding, scheduling first day, all that good stuff. So there's a little bit that goes into each aspect of it. And I, I used to work in the back end. Now I'm actually doing the recruiting. Yeah. So um, as far as that goes, that seems like a very all-encompassing thing that usually uh, seems rare to have a company that you know has dedicated people to everything like that. Just for average viewers and listeners uh, listening to this, what would you say to them asking the question of, why, like, why is this such an important part of, you know, being an adult, possibly, you know, applying for jobs and stuff like that and companies as well? So as a prospect um, employer, I guess, um, we look at a lot of things. And one of the biggest things that we do is, well, at least for my role, I pre-screen a lot of people on the phone. Um, so I do like preliminary phone interviews essentially to see if it would be worth their time and our hiring manager's time, you know, for them to meet in person or, you know, over the phone or whatever, because we're all busy. So, um, I would say it's really important for people to, when you're applying for a job, just be really aware that to know your worth, um, if you feel like, you know, you have your degree in what you want to do and you have a lot of work experience. There's going to be companies that try to lowball you. Um, and I mean, it's business. You can't take it personally. So that's one thing that, you know, you have to be good at brushing it off. But at the same time, you have to really have an open mind and listen to what the company has to offer, you know, besides compensation. When we look at a job, we usually think, well, it's the money. Like that's what I'm going to look at, but you have to think about, and this is what I tell people on the phone every day. We want to make sure that you feel like you fit in with the team. That's really important. You spend a lot of time with your team. So, you know, if you're going to be here and hate everybody, probably not worth, you know, making that extra money. I would personally, I'd rather make a little less and enjoy my job than vice versa. So, yeah. And I think it's also kind of going back when you're doing a broad overview of it is that like if you are a new candidate going into the professional business world, not so much just like a college or high school job, like I think it's very important to know how many steps occur in that process, like the pre-screening phone call, maybe a secondary screening, um, you know, that there will be a background check or a drug test or all these different factors that happen depending on corporation, like uh, the Myers-Briggs test or like a cultural fit test. 
which kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys do, but some companies do to see if you are the right type of fit or cultural fit or person for that atmosphere. And then they go from there. So kind of understanding what you're applying for, what you're getting into is um, a huge thing that makes you a lot more successful than those who don't prepare to be in that position. Yeah. And I think Delilah, you said it uh, very poignantly in the fact that these, I mean, it's not only that uh, you as a company are looking for somebody in, in the right fit, but also the people that are applying for the jobs also want the right fit as well. So that's, I mean, just drives home the point of why this is important because uh, if work, I mean, the majority of adults, regardless of what education background or whatever, uh, you are going to spend, be spending quite a bit of time at work around your coworkers and everything. So that's even more important for you to, you know, feel like you're in the right spot, have the right fit and the right culture and, you know, around the right people as well. Um, so Delilah, do you think that like the cultural fit of companies, um, and kind of relating that to a person can be difficult from the interview process, like bad eggs, good eggs, or do you, can you kind of get that sense pretty early on? Um, it takes me just a couple minutes on the phone. Some people are nervous, you know, even on a phone call. Um, a lot of times when I call people, they're not expecting my phone call. So I always start off with, hey, I know you weren't expecting my call right at the second, but are you free to, you know, chat? Um, if they say yes right off the bat, typically it takes them a little bit of time to warm up. But if we've been emailing or, you know, something and set up a time, like they know who I am, I'm good to follow up. They feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then it's also good to build rapport um, with them, like right away. You know, I always talk about the weather, which is really cheesy. But here where we live, the weather's so crazy that, you know, it might be 70 degrees, but it snows, you know, that night. So you just never know with people. Um, or if I'm speaking with somebody who's remote, like on the East Coast, I'm like, hey, are you drowning in the snow yet? Like, or buried or, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, just kind of break the ice. And then after that, if it depends on how they respond and for the role that, you know, I'm, I'm hiring for, if I'm hiring for, you know, uh, a position where it's going to be customer service, very heavy customer service um, on the phone, you know, they have to be, you know, dynamic with their voice that sort of thing, personable. Um, if they can't talk to me, I feel like I'm a pretty easy person to talk to. So if they can't talk to me over the phone, I, nine times out of 10, I'm going to say eh, they're probably not going to be good. If I am hiring like a data analyst, that's just going to be, you know, or a developer or IT or like an accountant that's not going to be talking to many people, just crunching numbers all day. I know the managers probably don't care if they have like a great personality or they're the friendliest person. So I look past that, you know, and then I get on to the more technical questions, you know, skills and experience and that sort of thing. Gotcha. So it sounds like kind of a gauge as far as, you know, um, you you give them almost an opportunity to prove kind of their personality in a very brief way and then, you know, take it from there as far as what position they're going for or you see them fitting into and then go from there. <laughs> Do you ever have to leave voicemails and you find us a very odd, non-professional voicemail or like a, um, something in that realm? Yes. So <laughs> I was always that person that, well, I guess back in the day when we first all got our cell phones, you know, we're in middle school or whatever, and you'd be like, hey, it's Delilah. How's it going? <laughs> and then like a pause, just kidding, leave a message. Actually really cool. But he, um, his voicemail message was a rap. 
that was pretty awesome. Um, some people still have ringback tones, which always throws me off. I'm like, mm. okay, little Wayne, ringback tone. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, here it, and you know, I deal with a pretty wide demographic of people as far as like age, experience, education, that sort of thing. So I never know what I'm going to get really. Gotcha. So all those of you who are applying for jobs right now, change your voicemail if your voicemail greeting if it needs to be changed. We don't want leather so soft when we get your <laughs> voicemail box. Yeah, that's always interesting if you haven't changed your voicemail since even if it was fine in middle school, but you sound like a thirteen year old male or female, you might want to update it so it's a little bit more accurate. Mm-hmm. That and Please make sure that you have a voicemail set up. If you're applying for jobs, you probably want to have your voicemail set up or check your voicemail. Half of the people I call either don't have a voicemail set up or their voicemail box is full. So just throwing that out there as well. I always forget your your voicemail box can get full. Like, I don't know what that amount is. Like, I go through my voicemails pretty quick, but like, I couldn't imagine just having to like go through it all the time and seeing like six second clips or whatever, how many they hold would be awful. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, Delilah, another thing, too, along with those lines, I kind of want to shift it to the apply ease perspective. Every I mean, everyone has been in this position as far as, you know, applying for a job, mostly um, as far as resumes go, because that's probably going to be your first look at uh, a person and almost kind of the metric or the judgment of. Okay, so I think this person might be a good fit. Let's look into it more. Or, you know, maybe they could be better suited for a different job. What are the things that stand out to you in a good resume compared to a resume that you don't find as, you know, pleasurable to read or just enjoyable in general? Well, I read through every single resume that I get in the system or that is emailed to me. Or that I find um, through various websites like Indeed and LinkedIn and those places. But one of the things that deters me from wanting to read it, although I, you know, I tough through it, um, if there's too much content on there, you know, if you are a higher level candidate, you've had a lot of experience managing teams, you know, you doing more in depth positions like accounting, audit, um, sometimes marketing, even like the senior people. Um, they like to try to pack in as much information as they can on their resume. That's great, but it's a lot to read. And I will tell you, a lot of people don't even look at those. Like they won't take time to read it. It's, it's too much. You're looking at a hundred resumes a day. You want to read the ones that, you know, catch your eye a little bit more. The person might be great. They might be more than qualified, but um, that's one thing that deters me um, from wanting to read them. Also, um, it's nice to put color in them and stuff, but honestly, unless you're like a graphic designer or something, um, we don't really care about your color scheme or your design or, you know, sometimes people put like a column on the right. It summarizes, you know, their skills and that's neat. And I really like that. Again, I'm not creative, so I could never pull something like that off. But um, if it's if it makes sense um, and it's like easy on the eyes, I guess, then it's fine to add all of that in. But I would say be careful, you know, trying to spruce things up. Um, I've seen people put like clip art in their resumes. <laughs> um, I saw, you know, ones that are like bright green and bright blue and they put like all of their company logos that they've ever worked for and a picture of themselves and a picture of a, like a, a lake and like all this stuff. And it was literally like a headache on a resume. 
I mean, I, yeah, it was pretty terrible. But again, I try not to judge people on their resumes because, again, they could be, you know, great people. But at the same time, you know, if you're applying for a job, you probably want to make it easy to read, um, concise, and just to the point. I always try to say, unless you're like a VP of a company and, you know, you've been working for 30 years, your resume should probably fit on one page. Um that's a good rule of thumb that I like to work on. Um, and then also just, you know, make sure that it gets your personality across in a professional way. Yeah. I, I'm still thinking about the, the people that are submitting their photos on their resume. Like I just have a come from a marketing background and like you have a portfolio, which usually has like your work or photo in it, but your resume doesn't have, you know, your mugshot on it. It just seems like a way a more subjective way to get like either picked out. Like, I mean, you can't really do that, but still it just seems like something weird or narcissistic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to think about the basic thought process of um, somebody who's applying for a job and thinks it would be advantageous of them to put a picture of themselves and their dog on it. <laughs> it seems odd. I mean, granted maybe certain positions where, um, maybe it's a modeling job. That's a little different. But once again, you have a portfolio for that. And another thing that I would like to put in there as well as uh, doing some reading and when I was applying for jobs uh, is that it actually helps. It's very helpful if you continue to update your resume so that let's say you work for a company for 10 years and a lot of stuff happens and, you know, you decide that you want to do a different thing or that's what comes up and you pick up your resume from 10 years ago and it still says that you have great experience with like a Burger King fryer. Like, you know, keep your resume updated and keep it fresh just so you don't have to play uh, historical, you know, catch up with everything that's been going on in your life and keep your skills updated. And as well, uh, I would always recommend to have a master copy of your resume and then maybe fine tune it and adjust it for whatever job you're doing. Let's say that, you know, you have a lot of technical skill in video making and stuff like that. And then you decide in your portfolio, if you're going for like a commercial cameraman job that you put more of your editorial or, you know, not as edgy stuff in there so that they can see that you're putting your best foot forward. And as far as skills go to that job. And I mean, that's pretty universal and you can be used in multiple facets. Yeah. Um, I think too, with resumes, that's, I don't understand in this day and age how you can have a typo like on your phone, even if you make a resume on your phone, which God forbid you do that, but like you can do it. Every word you write in there, if you're not right about it, you can click on it and it'll tell you if it's right or wrong. Or like you can go on Microsoft Word or Grammarly or this, this and that. Like there's no reason at the professional level or trying for a professional job, there's no reason you shouldn't take the time to reread your resume or I mean, I read mine out loud so that it's easily readable and doesn't come off as like this blocky, commonly used, chunky words. There's just so many things that like people, I guess, are like, oh, they'll they'll understand. They know me. But like, you got to think like when Delilah's reading your resume, she doesn't know you. She just sees this piece of paper with your name on it and kind of makes it like a guess. Yeah, definitely. So uh, along with that, I want to take it to the other side as far as uh, what you kind of do, Delilah. What do you think is kind of the best way to go about searching for a candidate? Let's say that there's people out there that are listening right now that 
um, are almost at that point of considering hiring somebody or in a position, a managerial position where they're looking to hire somebody, uh, where do they start? Well, um, so when we, so the way our department works, I guess, in my specific place, we have a process in place. That way, you know, everybody is aware of our process um, and then it kind of sets the expectations in playing field. So we we try to take like more of a business partner approach instead of like an order taker. You know, a manager can come up to you and say, hey, I need to hire three people, like get on it kind of thing. They're busy. They don't know what it takes. So, you know, it could rub people the wrong way um, if you, that's the personality that you have. But basically, we do meetings where we set expectations. I really want to get a clear picture of your ideal candidate. And then, um, you know, we'll put a posting out. We'll use all of those avenues that, you know, we use like Indeed and LinkedIn and Monster, Glassdoor, all of those um, vendors. And then um, if we can't like entice people to apply, um, I will do searches on LinkedIn usually or Indeed. They're my two favorite ones to use, but you can type in skills. Um, you can type in companies. So say, hey, you know what? Nike has really awesome accountants. I'm going to go look at Nike and see, you know, which people on LinkedIn work at Nike as an accountant. And then, you know, I can go from there. So um, it just depends, you know, on the position, usually higher level ones. Um, hard to find candidates. That's the ones that we go and look for. But, um, you know, for our entry level, like administrative positions, we usually have more than enough applicants that come to us. And then I just kind of sift through and see, you know, what kind of skills they have, um, if their skills are not there. But if I feel like they have the ability to learn, you know, when you talk to them, you can kind of sense whether or not these people are sharp and like on it. Um, and then sometimes I'll stick my neck out for people that I really like that might not have the best experience. And then, I mean, the worst thing the managers can say is no. So that's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think on that one too, you talked about the use of like LinkedIn and indeed, I think that's very power. Those sources are very powerful on both sides of the ball. Like obviously you can find candidates and if you are, you know, a candidate, it's nice to have your LinkedIn appropriately laid out or, you know, optimize that you're found for those positions that you relate to or could be interested in. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Julian said, I, I mean, I'm going to just re uh, impress on that point just because I feel like that's sometimes uh, pretty underutilized for people is, you know, make sure that your LinkedIn profile represents your current and best to you uh, for everyone that are, is looking out there like Delilah. Um, and don't be afraid to be a little bit more active. I've, definitely have not been like I've definitely shared the brunt of you know not being very active on LinkedIn like in the past but the more active you are the more you engage with people the more your name gets out there and the more people see you so you know it doesn't do anything but help you unless you know whatever you're doing on LinkedIn make sure it's professional that is <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know if you're still trying to poke people and you're on LinkedIn it's probably not the greatest thing but I think LinkedIn is super great for like loose connections or like finding those i guess once again connections in different areas because it is a professional platform if you are you know approach someone at a higher level or you know better etiquette than you would on other social spaces um, a lot of those people are willing to you know get back to you or you know give you their two cents and even if it's one reply um, it's kind of kind of lead you in the right direction or maybe you get to know some of those different names maybe you get to know a few nike accountants or 
Um, if you're a candidate, you get to know some people inside that business you want to be to, to have a stronger, you know, foot in the door lead towards that place. Mm -hmm. So Delilah, let's step one step further in the process of, I mean, you found, let's say you found a couple of people that you like, and now you're in the, uh, might I call it the courting phase of figuring out if they like the job or not. What is the next couple steps and up leading to the interview? So if I find somebody on LinkedIn, well, actually on LinkedIn, there's a pretty cool feature where you can list whether or not you're open to hearing about new career opportunities. So I always look at that. Um, and if, you know, they like it says contact me for job inquiries or, you know, whatever, just to network, catch up. Like there's a lot of different things you can put in there. Um, so if it's somebody I really don't know, like you know, out of the area, different state, but we're really hurting for this position. Um, I, my boss and I worked on a little bit of a script. She does a lot more like active, like headhunting recruiting. So I usually, you know, get tips from her. Um, but she emailed over, you know, one of her messages, it gets the best response. So um, it'll be, it'll start off like, hey, you know, I hope you're having a good week. Um, I noticed on your profile that you are open to hearing about new opportunities. We actually have one that, you know, it looks like your skills that you have listed match up for this. And really where we like to sink the hook, well, I will really draw interest, I guess. We like to put real people's names. So we'll list out like we're looking for somebody to partner with our manager, John Smith, and um, his boss, you know, Jake Smith or, you know, whoever. I don't know. They're brothers. And um, <laughs> so we like to really make it personable because too many times, you know, I don't know if you guys have gotten these emails, like kind of in your junk folder, if you ever go look in there, but it'll be like this awesome finance firm that needs remote people in your area. And it's, you know, from some random name and there's no connection built there. It just sounds like a scam. So we really try to avoid sounding like a scam. Like we 